Coming up on Studio Berlin. The European Green Deal is focusing on four main elements. The first thing is increasing the climate targets. The European Green Deal is Europe's ambitious plan to become climate neutral by 2050. But what does the path forward look like? What we invest into is energy efficiency. That means we make investments today and have to spend less on fossil fuel imports in the future. And how will this mega plan be financed? Now, what the, the investment plan is, uh, in essence, is a, a 10-year plan uh, worth uh, 1 trillion euros. More on the Green Deal up next, here on KCRW Berlin, 104.1 FM. Welcome to Studio Berlin, our weekly current affairs show here on 104.1 FM, KCRW Berlin. Each week we bring you a closer look at issues shaping our lives here in Germany's capital. We also look at how issues are impacting the rest of Germany and beyond. The European Green Deal is on one hand about cutting emissions, but on the other hand about creating jobs and boosting innovation. The European Green Deal is our new growth strategy. This week we are talking about the recently announced European Green Deal. On December 11th of 2019, European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen introduced the Commission's new plan for moving European member states forward with climate protection. With the ambitious goal of creating the world's first climate-neutral continent by the year 2050. Joining me today to discuss the details is Karsten Neuhoff, head of the Climate Policy Department at DIW Berlin, the German Institute for Economic Research. Joining us as well is Oldeg Kasper. He's a climate policy expert at the NGO German Watch. Welcome to you both. Hi. Hi. Thank you for the kind invitation. So the European Green Deal is looking at aspects of transport, agriculture, industry, setting new climate goals and carbon targets, as well as protecting biodiversity and creating a circular economy. Oldeg, let me start with you. Just what exactly does this mean for Europe moving forward? I think this the, the biggest news actually about all this is that we have a new commission in Europe and this commission has found there is a huge problem the last commission has not tackled probably enough and that is climate change. And the world needs the EU to lead on this globally as others amongst them the US are not. So, and now the European Commission has already uh, dubbed the, the Climate Commission because they have introduced these new, sometimes even revolutionary new ideas or these overall new concepts. And I think that is the biggest news because many people in the Commission have understood and they have their backing by the member states. They have been uh, voted by the Parliament, the European Parliament. And so it's not just some people in Brussels, but actually it's really the EU that is changing and that is uh, taking up speed a lot about this whole climate issue. Let me just go to you, Karsten. From your economic perspective, what segments of life in German society could most directly benefit from this? Well, currently in Germany and Europe, we import tons of fossil fuel, oil, gas, coal from the globe, spending across Europe three to 400 billion euros a year on importing fossil fuels. What we will do with this Green New Deal moving to carbon neutrality means, first of all, 
we will get far more efficient in using energy, meaning we insulate our buildings, invest a little bit in building insulation now and saving heating costs in the long term. We are moving on the industry side to clean production processes and more efficient material use. Again, better using materials, better using what mobility systems we have, getting more into recycling and not spending so much money abroad on buying resources often from countries that don't benefit from that export either, but um, perhaps having more local circular economies associated with it. Okay, so the scope and scale of this transition is massive and nothing like it has ever been done before. Oldeg, how is the European Green Deal structured? So the European Green Deal is focusing on four main elements, you might say. The first thing is increasing the climate targets. Uh, because it's obvious they haven't been enough for dealing with the Paris Climate Agreement, for being coherent with the targets the EU has subscribed to globally. The second element is updating current existing European EU legislation uh, towards fulfilling these updated targets, climate targets then. And the third thing is introducing new additional legislation that hasn't been seen before. And that will be very interesting, what this could be, actually. There's a lot we can fill, actually, empty shells we can fill with the new policies now. And the fourth uh, point is that uh, we will now see more funding, at least that is what is promised, and I would say better funding because more just funding for this new just transition that is needed. People will feel this change over the next years in probably all EU countries. And that is something that will be problematic for some people, uh, but also be good for actually our lives probably. It will make our lives better. So in terms of updating current legislation, yeah, uh, we will see uh, higher emissions trading prices in the EU probably, or at least a development of the current system, which is the main part of EU climate legislation, is the European trading emissions trading system. And, and it's expected to get more costly to use um, dirty fuels. Yeah, there are different views on what this will mean. Um, so if we lower emissions uh, successfully with other measures in the EU, then prices might not go up, which is actually then a good signal for good policies. But if that won't happen, then we have the guarantee with the emissions trading system that targets will be reached. And then we will see more, which is, which is, for example, very important standards, emission standards for cars. They have promised this already in the European Green Deal. Um, this is the updating part, yeah, two examples. Um, the introducing new things is there, there it's probably very interesting to see what will be the renovation wave of buildings they have promised. Um, so supporting countries in renovating their building stock more in a, in, a, in a faster way and concentrating also on social housing. So not leaving behind those people who cannot afford actually higher rents for their apartments and so on. I think this is very, very important. So where do we really get, though, with tighter targets? Because we've been talking about targets for a very long time. Let's take up the example of renovating buildings. Energy efficiency. We have large amounts of energy lost and it counts as consumption, but literally goes up in thin air. Uh, there's been a proposal in front of the German government since 2011 to renovate buildings across the country and cut this wasted energy. That's paid for, but useless. It took a good eight years of battles to pass because German states couldn't agree on just how to implement it. So if it's this hard within Germany... Are we really going to see that 28 diverse member states in the European Union are ready to move forward with this? 
I think both in Germany and in Europe, um, we have a substantial change now. We've from this year, the EU 2030 governance structure, which makes countries responsible to outline their actions across the different sectors to report on an annual basis on their progress. There's a review process similar to the fiscal governance that kind of goes back to the member states checking how are they moving forward. In Germany, we just passed last December the climate change law, making each minister responsible for the actions in her ministry, his ministry, allowing us as society then to check which minister did a good job. And I think that has been a missing link for a long time. Um, could you imagine any business that tells its employees, hey, we want to maximize profits by the end of the year and just do your job? Obviously, we define targets for these guys. That's what we first time around have now in Germany and in Europe. And I think that's why we are in a far more likely position to succeed. We'll be back with more on this topic. You're listening to Studio Berlin, our current affairs show here on KCRW Berlin. We'll take a closer look at how the EU plans to fund the world's first green economic transition. Stay tuned for more details on the European Green Deal. Public radio programs attract educated consumers and business decision makers. You can reach this highly desirable audience with your company's marketing message on KCRW Berlin. Isn't it time to make our listeners your customers? Find out how by emailing us at sponsorships at kcrwberlin.org or online at kcrwberlin.com slash sponsorships. Hey, you. You've been hearing and reading the news all day. So what are you getting out of it? Are you smarter, more informed, better prepared for your dinner party later tonight? Well, the takeaway has you covered. We ask the tough questions, we hold lawmakers accountable, and if something just doesn't seem right, we ask, how did we get here? It's The Takeaway with me, Tanzina Vega. Tune in to The Takeaway weeknights at 6 on 104.1 KCRW Berlin. Welcome back to Studio Berlin on 104.1 FM. I'm Nikki Matzen, and we're talking about the European Green Deal and just how Germany and other EU countries can finance the transition to a more sustainable continent. I'm here with Karsten Neuhoff, head of the Climate Policy Department at DIW Berlin, the German Institute for Economic Research. Joining us as well is Oldag Kasper, the team leader for German and European low carbon policy for the nonprofit German Watch. Also joining the conversation now on the line from Brussels, we have Tim McPhee, the European Commission spokesperson for climate action and energy. Tim, I want to go straight to you. Some new details on financing the European Green Deal were announced just this week. Can you give us some more information on how such an unprecedented transition could be funded? Uh Hi, Nikki, and thanks, first of all, for, for having me on and, and um, inviting me to, to speak on the program today. As you say, this week, the European Commission announced its plans for financing the European Green Deal, what we call the European Green Deal Investment Plan, and within that, a tool called the, the Just Transition Mechanism. Now, what the, the investment plan is, uh, in essence, is a, a 10-year plan uh, worth uh, 1 trillion euros, um, and actually, that's, that's just the start of what we need to do in terms of meeting uh, our climate ambitions. Now, of, of this money, um, about half is going to come from the EU's budget. And then on top of that, of course, there'll be financing, which is pulled in from, from national budgets. 
And there's also a, a guarantee which is provided from the European Investment Bank, and that will stimulate more private and, and public investments in the, the green transition. So, as I say, it's, it's a 10-year plan. It's a trillion euro plan, but this is only the beginning, actually, of, of what we need to do to, to meet our goals and to become climate neutral by, by 2050. Okay, and could you just spell out briefly the key points, the key sectors that are targeted by the European Green Deal? In essence, it's everything. Um, This is really a a systemic transformation that we need to go through. Cuts across everything from, of course, energy production, energy use, to transport, to buildings, to consumer products, everything we handle every day. And then, of course, the the food and agriculture sector as well. Okay, and... Oldeg, um, climate justice, environmental justice is something that German Watch focuses on as well. Does this deal risk pushing dirty carbon intensive industries to other parts of the world with more lax goals for climate protection? That's a very good question because, um, of course, there is a risk that dirty emitters in the EU will not further going, go invest in the EU but go to other countries. But I think Brussels is aware of that issue and is trying at least to assist those companies for their own transition. Um, There is a lot that can be done and there is a lot thinking about this this currently going on. Um, My partner uh, (laughs) in this show, Karsten, is one of those um, experts uh, dealing with this issue a lot. Um, so th- we we have to be re- be careful that that uh, Brussels and also Berlin is helping the companies not to stay as dirty as they are, but to 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 go the way and to tr- to tr- really really make the transition happen and change their business models and technologies. But we also have to be careful that we don't lose innovation momentum because other parts of the world are also doing the same. Uh, and that is uh, clearly the case uh, in parts of the U.S. And this is clearly the, the case in other countries. Um, so there is a lot about uh, not also losing the advantage. And the EU wants to be a global leader in this innovation case. Uh, and I think I think that is a good thing. I think if you look at electromobility, we've seen how quickly Europe can lose the leading edge to other continents across the globe. At the same time, the argument that stronger policies to guide industry on the way to low carbon, create carbon leakage risk, is very prominently made or has been made in the past. But governments have been always very careful in avoiding any incentives that could put a stronger pressure on European companies than on their competitors. Okay. And Tim, I know from your perspective, from the European Commission, uh, you've got more to say on this. Uh, I have a quote here from European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen, and we're talking about this topic specifically. Let's just hear from her. We want to be the front runners in climate friendly industries, in clean technologies, in green financing. But uh, we also have to be sure that no one is left behind. In other words, this transition will either be working for all and be just or it will not work at all. And therefore, a crucial part in the European Green Deal is the just transition mechanism. Okay, so Tim, she said it's got to work for everyone or it won't work at all. And she mentions the just transition mechanism. This is a term most people aren't familiar with yet. Can you please tell us what it means? 
Yeah, sure. And actually, this is um, part of the, the bigger investment plan. So the idea of the just transition mechanism is essentially this is our pledge of solidarity and of fairness um, for, the, for the regions, for the countries, for the people across Europe who have the, the biggest hill to climb, if you want, in terms of making this transition to a cleaner industry. It's about regions which have um, still a lot of reliance on coal, for example, or very energy intensive and fossil fuel reliant industries. And this is a dedicated fund, a dedicated mechanism worth 100 billion euros over the course of seven years, which will help them, give them a kind of an extra boost in, in their efforts to make the transition. So you're talking about coal mining regions, you're talking about peat, you're talking about oil shale, um, for example. And this is basically an acknowledgement that not everybody has the same starting place, uh, not, not everybody has the same experience in and capacity in terms of making the transition. So we're, we're putting aside dedicated money and uh, technical support as well, which will really help these regions and help the workers there to kind of to retrain, to find new opportunities. Okay, Olda, guys, so you've got something to say on this. Yeah, Tim, I have a question. Uh, we at Germwatch are really appreciating what you're doing currently in the commission here, actually. Um, uh, what I'm missing a bit is um, uh, more on uh, agriculture and transport uh, mostly actually in, in this whole plan and also the funding side of this. I see a little bit of a hesitance to actually to fund the solutions on both sides. Uh, transport, for example, would mean uh, new railways uh, throughout Europe. Um, and I'd, can, can you please maybe answer on, on what, what you see within this or, or how this could be developed? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little bit early to, to go into really specific plans, but I mean, transport and agriculture, as I, as I mentioned, I think a really important part of, of the Green Deal. And there are things that we're going to be looking at in the course of this year. So one of the things that we have coming up in terms of, of agriculture and, and food policy is what we call the farm to fork strategy. And this is something which we, will be coming out in the spring. Um, and then also very close to that, we'll have a biodiversity strategy. So I think both of these things overlap in terms of the, the nature, the environmental impact uh, of this sector. That's definitely something that we're looking at. In the transport field as well, we're looking at a, a strategy for sustainable and smart mobility. And there are a number of things that we need to do, of course, in looking at all different sectors. I mean, rail is one that you mentioned, which the Commission is very committed to, um, at encouraging that shift away from air transport to rail, where that's uh, reasonable in terms of passenger journeys, but also looking at freight, getting more transport off a of road and onto rail for, for at least parts of the journey. And then we're going to have to look at things in the aviation sector, like the single European sky. And, you know, it's, it sounds like a silly thing, but, you know, getting the, more, the most direct airport-to-airport -airport routes has a significant impact in terms of emissions, and that's not always a given. And then things like investments in, smart, in cleaner fuels for aviation, Uh, is another thing that we have to look at. So, I mean, it's really coming back to what I said at the start. It's, it's a very holistic thing that we're looking to do. We don't have all the answers now. We're, we've only, we started six weeks ago. This commission took office on the 1st of December. But, I mean, these are absolutely two sectors where we know um, there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, we'll be talking to people across all sectors of, of industry and society about these. And I think you'll see over the course of, of the months and, and years ahead some some 
very innovative and very concrete plans coming out. And Karsten, let me ask you, we're talking a lot about spending and investments. Will these types of investments lead to economic gain for Germany? I think it's great that we do have a shared vision of this Green New Deal. Um, if you look at the European Parliament's response to it across the main political parties, it was welcomed. I think that is particularly important at a time where many companies and investors do not precisely know where to go. And I think they look for this guidance, this clarity to take investments into new industrial activities, into insulating buildings, into transport infrastructure forward. And that by itself is economically essential in many European countries, perhaps at the moment not as crucial in Germany, but many of our neighboring countries. Secondly, what we invest into is energy efficiency. That means we make investments today and have to spend less on fossil fuel imports in the future. That's a very big economic benefit, particularly in societies across Europe that are aging, that are struggling. But why haven't we done this already? Low-hanging fruit. Why haven't we uh, cut consumption where it's wasted already, for example? First of all, at the beginning, it is tough um, to get good thermal insulation of existing buildings. Anyone that is involved in this, you know you have to get an entire group of actors, builders together, planning and so on. And so it's a bit of a learning experience. That's, the that's, first that's stuff jobs. is jobs. <laughs> that's it's jobs, jobs we're talking about. It's jobs. But it's just coordinating all of this, learning about it. And no one of us wants to be the first one to try it in your house just for the, everyone else to benefit. So that's where public funding has to go to support the people that do the first steps and then allow everyone else to benefit from it in the future. Okay, and Tim, this idea of a just transition that leaves no one behind, um, who exactly is deciding what is considered just? So are conversations, for example, being had directly with coal miners? The, the way that this will work, uh, the just transition mechanism, is that the Commission will work very closely with uh, national governments, and each uh, government will put together proposals for what we call a just territorial transition plan. Um, so we have a, a project for coal regions uh, in particular, which will um, be a good foundation for what we're what we're going to be doing now. So, you know, for example, something like in, in Katowice uh, in Poland, there's been support for transforming a former coal mine into a cultural area with a museum and a congress center and a concert hall. Um, or there's other um, areas where we've invested more Uh, for example, in, in Czech Republic, in the skills of the workers there and transitioning them from coal miners to giving them skills like welding, like truck driving, um, all these kind of things to help them move into to different industries. So for some, sometimes it's about transforming the whole region. Sometimes it's about transforming the individual, uh, the sites, the operations, uh, making them cleaner. But, I mean, absolutely, this is something which, which has to be inclusive. Um, you can't impose these things on people. Uh, it, it won't work that way, which is why we work very closely with the member states and with all the different parties involved. Yeah, Tim, one of the biggest questions here in Berlin on all this is actually how much of the funding that uh, Brussels is talking about is actually additional funding for climate action uh, coming from other parts of the EU budget or having to come from the member states, especially Germany, as, as Germany has 20% of the EU budget. Yeah, well, the proposal yesterday for the Just Transition Fund is is new money, 7.5 billion. But beyond that, we we haven't changed the overall proposal for the for the MFS. So we're still talking about a a 25 percent of the EU budget dedicated to climate. 
plus this this 7.5. Of course, there's um, there's a co-financing element in in all of these things, but I yeah I don't have the figures to hand um, specifically on that, unfortunately. Tim, thank you so much on the line from Brussels with the European Commission for Climate Action and Energy. Thanks for joining us. Thanks. Well, that wraps up this week's Studio Berlin, talking about the European Green Deal. Thank you to Tim McPhee from the EU Commission, who joined us on the phone. Also to Karsten Neuhoff with the German Institute for Economic Research and old Doug Kasper with German Watch. Thank you all. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you. I'm Nikki Motzen, your host this week on Studio Berlin. You can catch more episodes and engage in discussions on the topics we cover. Simply connect with us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter to have your say. Thanks for listening to Studio Berlin, our weekly current affairs show here in KCRW Berlin. Have a great week.